Chapter 9 of Clinical Medicine for Nurses by Paul H. Ringer, A.B., M.D. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter 9 Blood Pressure By blood pressure is meant the amount of pressure that the blood is under in the arteries, while in physiological experiments, venous and capillary pressure are also determined in the actual practice of medicine the arterial pressure is the only one whose determination is in general use the importance of blood pressure lies not in the pressure the fluid blood itself is under but in the information it gives with regard to the amount of pressure the arterial walls have to resist and the amount of resistance the heart has to overcome a nurse will not be required to estimate blood pressure but she will see it done so often and hear the results of this method of examination discussed so frequently that she should know enough of the subject to appreciate its value and significance moreover there are several diseases so dependent upon and so intimately associated with variations in blood pressure that their proper understanding is impossible without an appreciation of the significance of arterial tension. The instrument employed for the determination of blood pressure is known as the sphygmomanometer. There are many varieties on the market. All possess a cuff, made usually of cloth or leather, lined with a rubber bag that can be inflated with air through a tube by means of a little pump. This bag is also connected by another tube with a column of mercury running on a scale graduated in millimeters, the unit of estimation of blood pressure being a millimeter of mercury. Thus, if a certain pressure is said to be 160, 160 millimeters of mercury is meant. When the so-called systolic blood pressure is to be determined, the cuff is attached to the upper arm with a rubber bag lying next to the skin and covering the inner side of the arm where runs the brachial artery. The bag is then filled with air by means of the pump until enough constriction is exerted to obliterate the pulse at the wrist. During this procedure, the column of mercury rises rapidly due to the pressure exerted upon it from the air within the bag. When the radial pulse can no longer be felt, a small thumb valve in the pump is slightly opened, letting any desired amount of air escape from the bag. Air is gradually allowed to escape until the radial pulse can again be felt because of the lessening of compression over the brachial artery. The reading on the scale of the mercury column at the time, the first faint beat, can be felt at the wrist constitutes the systolic pressure latterly there has come into use the osculatory method of blood pressure estimation by which means both systolic and diastolic pressure to be mentioned presently are determined this method will not be described as it is rather complicated and would be of no practical use to the nurse there are five factors which go to maintain 
normal blood pressure. 1. The energy of the heart. 2. The resistance offered to the heart by the passage of the blood through the arteries. 3. Vasomotor tone. 4. Volume of blood. 5. Viscosity of blood. When blood is watery, pressure is invariably low. Most of these factors are self-evident, but number three, vasomotor tone, require a word of explanation. By vasomotor tone is meant the average general tonus or steadily maintained pressure of the arterial walls upon the blood running within them. This tonus may, and does, vary greatly in normal persons at different times and in different parts of the body depending upon the particular needs of the particular organ or tissue at any particular time the mechanism of vasomotor tone is reflex in origin and is governed by the sympathetic nervous system sympathetic nerve fibers run in the arterial walls some being called vasoconstrictors i.e. causing the muscle fibers in the walls of arteries to contract and thus to narrow the caliber of the vessel. Others known as vasodilators, causing the muscle fibers in the walls of the arteries to dilate and thus to widen the caliber of the vessel. Thus, during digestion, due to vasodilator action, the blood vessels of the intestinal walls dilate, and more blood is brought to the parts. Again, during the active exercise of any muscle or group of muscles, the vessels within the muscles dilate in order that more blood may be supplied. Application of cold, on the other hand, causes vasoconstriction and a blanching or pallor of the skin. Vasomotor tonus and vasomotor action are the greatest equalizers of blood pressure all over the body and one of the most important factors in maintaining an even circulation throughout the body, the various portions of which are subjected to such diverse and unexpected demands. Blood pressure is divided into two chief phases. 1. Systolic pressure. This term is applied to the blood pressure within a given artery when the greatest force is exerted within it, i.e., during ventricular systole. 2. Diastolic pressure. This is the degree of pressure exerted within an artery during cardiac diastole and represents the lowest pressure occurring in the vessel. The so-called pulse pressure is obtained by subtracting the diastolic pressure from the systolic pressure and denotes the total variation in pressure occurring during a cardiac cycle thus systolic pressure 145 millimeters of mercury diastolic pressure 100 millimeters of mercury pulse pressure 45 millimeters of mercury Blood pressure is influenced normally by a variety of factors, some of which are here briefly mentioned. A. Age. Low in childhood, gradually rising with advancing years. B. Sex. 
slightly lower in women than in men. C. Digestion. Higher during its greatest activity. D. Muscular development. Higher in those well-developed. E. Mental worry and fatigue. Lowered. F. Altitude. Slightly lowered. Normal blood pressure. Janeway, in more than 2,000 blood pressure determinations, has found the high normal limit of systolic pressure, with very few exceptions, to be 145 millimeters. His figures for women are 10 millimeters less. The same authority believes normal diastolic pressure to be from 25 to 40 millimeters below the systolic pressure. As a general guide for the estimation of normal systolic pressure fault has formulated the following rule quote, consider the normal average systolic pressure at the age of twenty to be one hundred and twenty millimeters of mercury then for each year of life above this add half a millimeter to one hundred and twenty thus for a man of fifty the rule would read 120 plus 15, half of 30, equals 135 millimeters of mercury as normal systolic pressure. Abnormal blood pressure. Abnormal blood pressure can be classified under two heads. 1. Hypotension, lowered blood pressure. 2. Hypertension, heightened blood pressure. 1. Hypotension occurs in connection with the following conditions. A. Approaching death. B. Mitral stenosis. C. Paroxysmal tachycardia. D. Shock and collapse. E. Hemorrhage, external or internal. F. Infections, especially. 1. Tuberculosis. 2 typhoid or any continued fever. 3. Cholera or any severe diarrhea. G. Any wasting condition. 1. Cancer. 2. Pernicious or severe secondary anemia. H. Diabetes. I. Neurasthenia. Effects and danger of hypotension. Quote, the direct effect of a falling blood pressure is the accumulation of an abnormal amount of blood in the veins and a slowing of the current in the arteries. This will affect the capillary circulation and interfere with the nutritive and secretory processes which depend upon it. The most serious effect is on the heart, as it has been shown that complete loss of vasomotor tone soon leads to death because of the gradual accumulation of nearly all the blood in the body on the venous side so that the heart has no blood upon which to act Unquote. fault two hypertension this condition is an accompaniment of two of the most frequent chronic diseases of middle and old age arteriosclerosis, and chronic interstitial nephritis. 
A condition of hypertension exists when the systolic pressure is over 160 millimeters of mercury. When the systolic reading reaches 200 millimeters, the condition is serious, and when over 200 millimeters, it becomes dangerous, though many individuals are met with that enjoy relatively good health, together with an alarmingly high blood pressure. There are many combinations of and relationships between the systolic and diastolic pressures, which will not be discussed here, as they belong to the province of the physician rather than to that of the nurse. Hypertension is usually present in connection with the following conditions. A. Arteriosclerosis. B. Chronic interstitial nephritis. C. Cardiovascular renal disease. D. Apoplexy. E. Acute nephritis. F. Chronic parenchymatous nephritis. G. Uremia. The management of both abnormally low and abnormally high blood pressure will not be entered into here, as it is dealt with in connection with the diseases in which those conditions occur. End of chapter 9